Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome to Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we've got my friend and uh, uh, co-conspirator on Twitter, Jeff Peterson. Uh, aka weather hack uh aka boss of real golf chat and uh, we thank jeff for being with us and so you're up for this right you're you're sure. okay okay all right so we'll start off easy all right um if you could get a lesson from one touring pro who might that be max Holman. okay you think you'd actually get through the lesson without busting out laughing all the time no no i didn't think so either uh, if you could play a round of golf with one of your golfing heroes, maybe they're still here, maybe they're not. Who would that be? Jack. That would have been fun. Yeah, I I grew up. I mean, I caught the tail end of Arnold, but you know, you know, growing up in the seventies and eighties, you know, it was Jack. It was. It was. Um. What's the dumbest thing you've ever seen while playing golf? Uh, saw somebody roll a golf cart. No, it wasn't you, right? No, it wasn't me. Okay. All right. Anybody injured? Have to call life flight or anything? Uh, no, but we might have called them dumbass. Well, that's fair. That's fair. You know, that's and that fair. was the kind part. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure there was some more adjectives and, uh, yeah, well, there there was there was alcohol involved and kind of speeding down, and they kind of missed a little bit of a turn on a cart path. Got it. Caught, caught a tree root, and over that, they go. That was it. Okay. So, Jeff, if you could dine with a historical figure, doesn't have to be in the golf world, but anything, who would it be and what would be on the menu? Oh. Wow. Um. Well, military background, I'd probably say uh, either General Eisenhower or Admiral Nimitz. That would be cool. Did and, you know? Did you know that Ike liked a nice uh, coating of salt on his steak after it was cooked before he ate it? After? Yeah, he cooked it with you know they cooked it with salt and pepper and that, but when he sat down, yeah. he put a lot of salt on it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, some and something uh for and what be on the menu would be a big old steak. There you go. There you go. Make sure it's painted hills, buddy. We okay. can do that. Um send me a link. I, I will. Um what's the biggest mistake you think you have ever made on the golf course? There's this is a two parter. So biggest mistake you think you ever made on the golf course. Uh, one thinking that I could ever be good. Yeah, that's common. Yeah, pretty. You know, common. um, but probably 
being a dumbass and breaking a club. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not alone on that. There's a lot of people that do that. No. Mine, mine, I just banished them to Siberia or something, yeah. you know? Oh, I, I used to have quite a collection in the corner of the garage. Did you, why finally say clean those out? Uh, yeah, I took them to Goodwill. That a boy. That a boy. You know, speaking of that, a few years ago, um, I was coming home one afternoon from the LPGA tournament here in Portland, and that's way out by the airport. And so mm-hmm. I was going down Marine Drive, had to go under the 205 bridge. Not that everybody listening wants to get a geography lesson here, yeah. but as I was trying to get cut back to um, airport way to get on I-205 South, I noticed there was a big Goodwill store there. And I'm always snooping around in those things. So I get in there. And this Goodwill store was evidently, Jeff, the last stop for whatever didn't get purchased out of this Goodwill store would go to the dump, right? Mm -hmm. They have these huge tables. These tables are like eight foot long and a foot and a half deep with sides on them. They're metal Mm -hmm. and they've got rollers on them. So they just whip them around. They had two of those full of golf clubs. And I was digging through them like a madman because I think at that at that store, you uh, you buy stuff by the pound, you know, like (laughs) 10 cents a pound type thing. So I may have bought it, found a couple old putters there or something. But I was just amazed that there was you could have started three golf teams in high school or more with uh, the amount of clubs that they had. But that's where they were. Um, What's the you know, take that question and run with it as far as when you were predicting or uh, advising on weather conditions. Oh, 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 wow. There, there was a couple of doozies. Um, I used to have a, I used to have a commander at a base that he and I would bet. So it was a six pack bet. Sure. And, you know, he was, he was higher up, you know, than my immediate boss. He was farther up the wing wing chain. Um, and we had a weather situation that, oh, I've seen this a bunch of times. The fog will clear out at three o'clock. It's textbook. What clean it cleared out at three o'clock a day later. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah. Oops. You know, so so then I had to show up like at the wing briefing with a six pack of beer and hand it to him. I love it. I love so, it. Did were were uh, the planes able to take off though, or was it too uh, thick? No, it was socked in. It was it wasn't in the Pacific Northwest, but it was zero zero fog. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, what do you think the toughest part of your job is? Just to follow up on that. Ah. Uh, the hardest two things for me, I really had to work on. One was tropical weather. That was just tough. I mean, you it's like something that, that you almost have to be do as a specialty mm-hmm. rather than, you know, kind of a catch-all everything weather guy. Uh, the other thing is forecasting snow depth. I, that was kind of another follow-up, Jeff. I, sorry, I got a text from somebody here about the weather, so uh, I, I didn't mean to look away. Okay. How no. come our weather guys are so wrong many times? Because uh, here, here's a joke, for, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times. 
but where we live, because, you know, it's the Northwest, they say, well, give it 10 minutes, the weather will change, right? You know, you can pretty much say that in 60% of the country. Right. But, you know, the other part of the joke is, don't those guys ever go look out the window? You know, they're always looking at their their models. I understand. Oh. I, I, I understand the theory of the science behind it. Yep. I don't understand the science, but, uh, but. And we were talking off the air before we started, you know, little snow event happening here this weekend. A few years ago, that happened and it shut the whole town down, the city right. of Portland, and Vancouver for over 10 days because they didn't. How the hell did they miss that? Yeah. So how does that happen? Um, It's easier to miss out where you guys are. Okay. Because weather models need data. And what's to the west of you guys? The ocean. A big empty space. Right. So you're not getting hard and fast data. So it's easier to miss since I, I've lived up there and done the weather up there. Yeah. It's, you know, there are only like two upper air stations. One's at Quileute, Washington, and the next one further south is in Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So that's the first hard data you get with these systems coming off. Now, you can look at your satellite picture, and you can hazard a good guess. But until you get data, man, that's, that's, that's tough up there. It's just um, a guess at yeah, that point. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a swag, a scientific wild-ass guess. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, you know, now I... You know, as you get more into the middle of the country, it becomes easier. But, you know, yeah. if you really want to know 100% what's going on, you just got to go, hey, God, and then hope yeah. he answers. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, you go look outside. I grew up in yeah. the country. So yeah. we would know if we were getting uh, if we were getting a, an easterly wind, especially in the spring, summer or fall, it was going to dry out everything. We weren't right. going to get much per uh, precipitation. If the wind was coming in from the West, good chance there's going to be water coming with it. Right. You know, you know, and you learned that as a kid because you didn't want to screw up your playtime outside, Oh, sure. you know, like that. Okay. So Jeff, if we put your skills to music, what would the music be? Very scientific question here. Oh God. Death metal. <laughs> Nah, just classic Midwestern rock. There you go. REO Speedwagon, that kind of stuff. Bob Seeger. Yeah. Bob, I grew up in Michigan. So, you know, Bob Seeger's like God to us. Oh, yeah. He's like God to me, too. I love him. So, I tell you, can I tell you a story about that? We just finished sure. um, a couple of months ago, uh, Veterans Day, right? right? And I, and I'm one of the anchors for a radiothon all day long radiothon to raise money for a great group that's across the river in Vancouver called the CCVAC, which is the Clark County um, uh, Veterans Assistance Center. And I've been doing this now for a few years. The guy that started it was a Portland icon in the radio business named Bob Miller. And Bob always loves to have Christmas music played during the day in this radiothon. Fine. He started it years ago. He's, you know, we... Mm -hmm. We bow to him. So this year, one of my favorite Bob Seger songs, actually, besides 
lots of them, uh, is his version of Little, Little Drummer Boy. So we come back from break. I tell Jim, James, our producer, play Little Drummer Boy. Get back. Song's over. Bob asked me what I think the meaning of that song is. And so I tell him, you know, here's a here's a kid. He has nothing to offer when he's, you know, there with baby Jesus and all that. But he could play his drum. And, you know, he was giving everything he could. And, you know, really a, a lesson in humility. And, uh, you know, we're, we're filling time, basically. Right. right. Okay. So we do that. And we move on. About an hour later, I pipe up and I say, Bob, by the way, I didn't ask you. What do, you, what do you think of Bob Seger's version of Little Drummer Boy? He goes, I hate it. Caught me completely out of left field, man. I said, you hate it? He goes, yeah, I hate it. He goes, I liked uh, you know, Perry Como's version or something like that. So I thought. Or the Bing Crosby, David Bowie version or yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wow, got me. All right. So, Jeff, if you were declared supreme leader of golf for one day, just one day, uh, what would you decree as Supreme Leader? I would decree that OB should just be a point of entry point of entry penalty. There you go. No stroke and distance, no nothing like that. Just walk up, walk up to where the stakes are, drop, and hit three. I would de- nobody's ever asked me this question because it's my show, but it, you know, if I was Supreme Leader for a day, what I would say in in every amateur golf tournament not pros but an amateur i would say you get one round that is hit till you're happy that's what i would do yeah kind of like your own individual scramble yeah yeah nothing wrong with that everybody has everybody has uh, fun at a scramble so if you could erase one mistake from your past what would it be and why um I would probably join the military earlier because by the time I got out, I was, an, I, you know, I was old already. I was, you know, in my mid to late forties, you know, and you had guys retired that joined at 18. Right. And, uh, you know, they're retiring at 38. Now, granted, they're going back to work, obviously. Sure. But, you know, they're retired from the military at 38. You know, I was 46 ish, 47, man. I was old and tired. Yeah. You know? and the, those 18 year olds can do boot camp a little easier too. Well, I mean, the boot camp thing wasn't that big a deal. Cause I was still in my twenties. Yeah. But you know, it was one of those things I kind of, kind of had an inkling a couple of years before I joined that I probably should but I just kept putting it off because I have a very large stubborn streak and I kept trying to make it work when obviously it wasn't. I get it. So, so yeah, if I, if I would have joined probably three years earlier, it would have probably been, it would have probably been good. I'm, I'm still sitting behind a microphone after 30 years and in front of a camera. So, you know, tell me about it. You know, I've been um, basically doing weather since 1987. So, yeah. There you go. Um, what's the worst concert you ever attended? Oh, <laughs> it was here in Vegas. I had to go see Celine Dion. Why? Who hated you? Uh, Well, I got bribed. Is this a wife thing? 
Yes and no. It was more one of my golf buddies who came into town with his wife. Uh, and he's like, he's like, dude, if you come, he says, I'll pay for the tickets. I'll pay for your booze. <laughs> A good bribe never like, hurts anything. I'm like, well, in that case. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, we went and I, you know, I suppose if you like that kind of thing, it was a great show. But to me, it was like a howling banshee. Actually, I've heard some pretty decent howling banshees. I haven't heard, yeah, you know, but, no, but you know, but, Celine but, Dion is a little iffy to me, but, but that's but okay. The, but the whiskey tasted good. So, and it was appropriate at the time and needed. I'm yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Um, This is kind of a follow-up, Jeff. What's one thing you miss about your 20s? Uh, getting up out of bed and not hurting. Ain't that's the truth, brother. Jeez. <laughs> you, know, you don't make that sound every time you get up out of a chair or roll out of bed. or. Yeah, I've got... <laughs> Uh, and a lot of this is kind of a just a, my take on an old uh, punchline, but it's like it does take me about five minutes every morning to get all the body parts working in the same direction. Exactly. You know, you know I've had a few of them replaced. Those actually work well, but the 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 stock models that came with me, they're not up to it. So yeah. there, there you go. If you were an animal, what animal would you be, and why? Huh. Uh silverback gorilla. Why? Why? Just because that's ten. How I tend to go, I actually matches up pretty good. Okay. Just I just I go through everything well, like a bull in a china shop. Uh, brute force and ignorance is my golf. It's when I play <laughs> hockey, when I play when I play baseball, when I bowl. Everything just yeah. I got it. I got it. Uh, a couple more here, buddy. Um what's the worst movie you think you've ever seen? Ah, jeez. I don't know. I'm not much of a movie guy. Um, I probably haven't been in a theater in almost 20 years, so probably have to be something I saw. Jeez, back in the 80s. There's probably alcohol involved and I got talked into it. Yeah. I, I really can't think of something. I mean, I'm not into science fiction. So I think I, I think I saw Tron and I was probably hammered and I didn't understand a bit of it. So let's just go with that for right now. Okay. Okay. So um, given the parameters you just laid out, do you have a favorite golf movie? Cause they show them on TV now. So. Oh, Tin Cup is always, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, Tin Cup is one of those ones I'll, you know, uh, you know, I can watch even on the edited version on TV, you know, because Caddyshack is great. But, you know, if they put it on regular TV, obviously it gets edited. It's, it's four minutes long. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. it's two hours, but the 100 and, 110 minutes of commercials. Right. Right. I got that. Uh, what do you want to do when you retire? 
retire? No. Yeah. Um, wow. The ideal thing would be travel around and play golf, but that's not realistic. Um, what I actually kind of plan on doing is start cutting back at the weather station and just kind of work like a part-time fill in, get out of the, get out of the house, work like one day a week yeah, type thing and, you know, play golf. Maybe, you know, I joke with the starters out at Paiute that I'm like, I'm going to come and take your job and I might do that too. You might do that. Yeah. You know, something um, like that. I okay. kind of like to get more, more involved in golf, probably maybe something like that. Maybe, you know, maybe you work with some charity tournaments or something. Yeah, exactly. Do, do some veterans. You definitely do some veterans work. I, I did it. I used to do it quite a bit in Omaha. Don't do it as much here. Yeah. But yeah, probably get involved and try to help veterans that need it. I'm actually uh, had a meeting yesterday. I'm looking at uh, working with uh, Dan Rooney's group, Folds of Honor, oh, about yeah. putting putting an event on in the Portland area. Okay. So I actually met him once, very briefly. Seems like actually, a good guy. Actually, gave him a weather brief. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, of course, he was Lieutenant Dan at the time. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would your last meal be on death row? Uh, it would be a barbecue fest. Well, Brisket, happens. ribs, you know, sausage, beans, cornbread. Yeah. Yeah. The whole yeah. deal. Okay. The whole deal. All right. It would be a large quantity of smoked meat. There you go. Well, if you get to that point, Reach out. I'll do it for you. Okay. All right, cool. All right. I, I um, hope to avoid that part, but you never know. You never know. You're in Vegas, man. You know, and it's, <laughs> so you ju you just never sure. Uh, this is your chance, Jeff. What would your message to the world be? The mic is yours. Well, and I don't always follow, you know, First off, be yourself, even though it rubs people the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, just try to treat people the way you want to be treated. That's probably some of the best advice anybody's given on the show. I think that's good. Jeff Peterson. Also known as Weatherhack on X and Twitter and uh, the the head Mahu at this juncture of golf chat. Uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be on the show, buddy. I appreciate you reaching out and asking me. Yeah, it's not a problem. Anytime. This is a this is the first time Jeff and I have actually seen each other. We've talked, but it's usually through digital communications, not through actual verbal. So. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. It has. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Until then, go out, play some golf, if weather permitting. Uh, be kind and have fun. Take care, everybody.